Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello, uh, this is FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. My name is Laszlo Ander, I'm the Secretary General of FEPS, and today I have the great pleasure to welcome Jana Malachova, who is the Minister for Labour and Social Affairs of the Czech Republic. Minister, welcome to the FEPS podcast. It's a great pleasure to meet you. I believe this is a good season for social policy in the European Union because it started with the action plan of the European Commission about the pillar of the social rights. And now there will be a social summit in the beautiful city of Porto, hosted by the Portuguese presidency. My first question is what you expect from this event in Porto. Thank you very much, Mr. Andor. First of all, uh, I would like to thank you for the invitation for your podcast. And uh, you uh, write, uh, I think these... Uh, days it's a high season for social policy and there are many topics on the european level we should be interested not only as a social policy expert but also as social democrats because the last year was really demanding and challenging for all of us concerning your question what do i expect from the porto social summit well i think that the Everybody, every representative uh, from uh, EU member states does expect uh, the affirmation at the highest political level uh, that people's well-being is the key goal of the European integration. Because um, I think there cannot be enough uh, social topics and issues on the political agenda because uh, people should be always the first uh, thing politician uh, think uh, about and actually that's what I strongly believe. As I said, we live in challenging times. Uh, the pandemic is topic everywhere in the world, especially in the EU. We had uh, in the Czech Republic really tough times Now it seems to be a little bit better and quiet, but uh, I hope that we have learned from the previous months and uh, I hope the, the, the worst things are really behind us. But, you know, the experience teaches me that from the last year that you never know because of the mutations and uh, we all should be aware that uh, we still know only a little uh, about about the virus and how it spreads and how can it uh, develop. Well, I would say that uh, pandemic is not our only problem. Uh, when we made it and when we make it and leave the pandemic situation behind us, and I hope it's going to be very soon, we should deal with bigger problems, climate change, digitalization, its impact on uh, on the labor market, but also on, uh, demographic change. And uh, I think these all should be uh, topics of the Porto Social Summit. So uh, let's hope it's going to have uh, the political priority, but also concrete results in terms of uh, political agenda. Okay, I understand that the Porto Summit would like to look ahead rather than backwards. But still... May I ask you about uh, the experience of the past year? Because you also mentioned that it has been an extremely tough, demanding year. I'm sure also the Czech government was trying to address the social consequences of this crisis to mitigate the social risks, which had to be obvious already one year ago when this shock arrived to 
the entire European Union. Can you explain to our listeners what kind of strategy you developed in the last year to ensure that the, the fallout from this uh, pandemic is tamed? Yeah, from the beginning of the pandemic, we tried to limit uh, its impacts on people's incomes. That's quite clear. And uh, the situation one year ago in March 2020, uh, it was very specific because it was uh, for the first time we had to actually work out the Kurzarbeit scheme in the Czech Republic. And uh, we had to work it out within days. It was for the first time. And, um, you know, when I remember back uh, to these days, it was, um, you know, we slept at the ministry and uh, we worked really hard with my colleagues and uh, but you know finally the um, we call this uh, Kurzarbeit scheme uh, antivirus uh, it's a specific one and uh, you know uh, now when we look at it because it's still working it, it's a huge success because mm-hmm. it uh, antivirus saved more than one million unique jobs uh, which is unbelievable it, it was a huge huge thing it's almost every you know one of uh, four uh, jobs in the Czech Republic in total which is which is unbelievable now the average uh, time companies uh, do get support from uh, our ministry it takes uh, about five days which is also very quick very smooth and uh, it's also the best uh, valued you know crisis programs in the Czech Republic uh, ever by companies mm-hmm. so uh, it was very very hard uh, we had to work you know uh, very quickly one year ago but uh, now we're very satisfied and uh, it's it's a success story which is the most important thing and it worked because the Czech mm-hmm. Republic uh, does still have the uh, lowest unemployment rate uh, in the whole EU uh, which is I think currently 2.7 uh, in the Czech Republic mm-hmm. which is great we're very satisfied the second thing we uh, had to do very quickly and uh, it's also unique uh, in uh, in terms of, of um, social uh, support unfortunately the Czech Czech Republic closed last year schools and kindergartens for almost two months. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, it, it happened uh, this year again in the spring. So it means that uh, we had to uh, increase and prolong um, social uh, allowances for families. Because uh, if you close schools and the kindergartens, the parents, they have to stay at home with them and uh, with their children. And then uh, they need adequate income. And it was a huge fight in the Czech Parliament because usually the allowances they are 60% for nine days that's the standard and we had to you know prolong it nobody knew how long does it take you know to have a close schools and kindergartens so for weeks that was the first fight and the second fight was to increase them to almost 90% of previous income because if you have to stay at home for two months or maybe 10 weeks and you you should have the allowance 60%. You cannot live on on this support. So uh, finally, it was decided by both chambers of parliament and uh, I think, uh, and I'm very happy that the parents, they uh, received proper public uh, social benefits and they do not uh, need to worry about uh, the financial future and they can concentrate on distance cooling of their children, which is the uh, most uh, important thing. Third huge task we had to uh, actually tackle with uh, was how should I uh, explain it? You know, the Czech public sphere is um, it, it is very difficult to bring innovations and the digitalization into the public sphere, especially in the work of labor offices. 
And mm-hmm. the pandemic, it caused specific situation because all our colleagues and employees, they were afraid of the virus. And it meant that we were able to go fully digital within days, you know, something which took years maybe. And it was very difficult to explain and, and the change was um, because of the worries of, uh, you know, of the virus. It was actually, we could make it possible. Uh, and uh, now we maybe within the, or uh, in the last 12 uh, months, we changed the functioning of the ministry in terms of digitalization, maybe by 200%. So there's a huge step <laughs> towards the future. And uh, I'm really happy about it. And it made uh, the whole, you know, uh, all our colleagues and employees uh Actually, somehow there is a positive attitude suddenly towards all these uh, innovation schemes, mm-hmm. uh, which I hope we will even more appreciate in the in the next months and uh, years. So that's that's the third thing. And the you know the result uh, of this, this digitalization is that uh, our clients, our citizens, they are uh, able to apply for social benefits with mm-hmm. the. Med- which is great because uh, one year ago it took maybe, um, I don't know, 40 minutes, maybe one hour. It was very difficult. It was a lot of paperwork. Now it's very simple and uh, you can do it uh, completely from your home. Does it also include the unemployment benefit? You you made it easier, for yeah, example, yeah, to apply yeah. for unemployment benefit? Exactly, exactly. We have uh, 12 different types of uh, social benefits and it applies uh, for all of them. Amazing. While um, you had to struggle against the social consequences of the pandemic. Did you find the European Union sufficiently helpful, for example, on um, the lending scheme against Kurz, uh, for, for Kurzarbeit, to support the Kurzarbeit, or the youth guarantee, which the European Commission put forward last uh, summer? Would you consider this um, kind of uh, supportive measures uh, timely and proportionate to the size of the challenge? Yeah, of course. It was very helpful. I think we uh, finance our antivirus program the first five months from the EU funds, which was very helpful and uh, very decisive. So the short answer to your question would be uh, yes, it was appropriate, very quick, very supportive, and it helped us a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me also mention something which the Commission put forward last October. And some people consider it very controversial. This is, of course, the initiative to coordinate the minimum wages across uh, the European Union. I believe there is a big political debate, and I would like to know your opinion, what yourself or the Czech government is thinking about the minimum wage um, initiative of the European Commission. Uh, might not be a matter of consensus within the Visegrad group, but definitely not one um in um, in among the eu countries at this stage uh, well i'm a social democrat and and i'm minister of uh, labor and social affairs for almost uh, let me quickly count three years and in, in july it should be three years and uh i think uh, you know and we are in a coalition with a party which is led by czech uh, billionaire and uh, the party is a member of the alda group uh, which is, and we are minority government. That's also very important to say. And uh, it's uh, every year a huge fight in the coalition over the, you know, topic how should we increase the minimum wage in the Czech Republic? I always 
won three times, which is good. And it helped us to increase the minimum wage uh, significantly. But still, it's, it's a very low minimum wage, uh, even in comparison uh, with, uh, for example, uh, Slovakia or Poland. And I also worked hard in order to achieve this automatic mechanism on the uh, Czech uh, level, because it's, a, as, as I mentioned, it's always a political negotiation on a tripartite level. Uh, it's always the same. You know, unions, they say we have to increase it a lot. Uh, the companies, they are against it. And they say, you know, even one crown is too much because, uh, you know, there is no space for our competitiveness. Otherwise, we uh, can all these uh, pseudo arguments uh, we all know as uh, uh, social democrats. So it's, it's a huge, uh, huge fight. And I would love to have kind of uh, automatic mechanism so everybody can adapt to it and uh, everybody knows what is going on in this area. I proposed, I think, two years ago to have an automatic uh, mechanism on the level of 50% of average wage uh, in, the, in the Czech Republic. And uh, we can debate if, if it should be, uh, you know, the previous year or uh, the current year uh, that's up to uh, discussion. But I think that would be very nice compromise uh, in the Czech Republic. But the companies or the right-wing parties, they because it's a law, it has to be adopted by the Czech Parliament or both chambers of the Czech Parliament. You know, they actually, the maximum they would like, to, uh, they would support is 40%. Actually, my ideal would be 60% of the of the average wage. So it's difficult and uh, 50% was not accepted, which I think is a bad news. But yeah, let's see how the next government is going to proceed with this because uh, in the Czech Republic, we are going to have uh, a parliamentary election in uh, October this year. So that's the Czech politics. And concerning your question on the European level, I had, um, I think, two or three uh, conversations with, uh, with the current EU commissioner, uh, with uh, Mr. Schmidt. And uh, I expressed my opinion that we fully support the European initiative. I think that wage convergence uh, should be one of the main topics on the, on the European level, because uh, that's something what is concrete and understandable uh, for, uh, you know, for normal citizens. Actually, in the Czech Republic, we uh, believe or actually we wanted to join the European Union because we wanted to have Western living standards and uh, the level of wages and the level of uh, living standard is connected to to the level of of Czech wages. And even we have, I think the current figures are 50% of the average economic output of Germany uh, 50% our wages are only 30% of, of uh, on the level uh, co- in comparison with the uh, German wages. So there is a huge gap of 20%. We could go higher in the Czech Republic. And that's, that's, that's a huge topic. And therefore, you know, there is a need uh, for, for a European initiative. I know all the problems connected to, to this issue. I, I know all these um, arguments against uh, this initiative. And uh, I... I'm really looking forward uh, how does this initiative develop and how I hope there will be uh, you know success at the end because we really we really need it I, I strong strongly believe in it so uh, let's see and I can also say that uh, Czech Republic is a uh, EU member state uh, is ready to help 
uh, with this initiative. And we do everything possible uh, we can in order to achieve this goal. Yes, um, very interestingly, you mentioned um, the concept of convergence um, regarding the wages. But I think it's not only a question of wages, but the overall model of the economic development in East Central Europe. A lot of people speak about uh, the middle income trap. And um, obviously, better wage dynamics would help uh, coming out of um, uh, this uh, stage of uh, development. Um, but um, probably there is another side of the coin here, which is uh, investment in skills. Uh, somehow to support um, with um, you know, investing in productivity, the capacity of workers through a strategy to upskill or reskill the workforce and preparing uh, everybody for for the next stage of technological development where you know digitalization uh, plays a greater role the new deal uh, towards a kind of green transition is supposed to be implemented so my question is about this concept of you know reskilling or investment in skills and how strongly this features in your uh, strategy unfortunately our economy is based on you know cheap labor uh, we're trying to change this, and I think this uh, current situation is a huge opportunity for this. You know, because uh, this uh, huge digitalization change, uh, because uh, we really see this as, as a possibility for restart of the economy. The thing is that the reskilling or the involvement of adults in learning should be the priority for the last six months of, of this government. We plan that we could be able, you know, to switch off this antivirus program, you know, mm-hmm. the Scorsabite program at the end of May. And then uh, we prepared everything possible in order to uh, be ready for a, a huge movement on the labor market, which is a great possibility for requalification schemes. Mm-hmm. We had till the end of the last year, the capacity uh, for requalification in, it was, I think, 10,000. Uh, our capacity was 10,000 in a year which is, um, I would say, nothing, uh, to be honest. Very modest, yes. Yeah, yeah. But we changed it and uh, with the months, and now it's 100,000 requalifications, long-term requalifications in mm-hmm. a year. So we think now we're ready for the, for the huge movement on the labor market. But still, if, if I should be honest, then I think, uh, you know, all these uh, lifelong learning, requalification, uh, all these terms are uh, perceived, unfortunately, in the Czech Republic as phrases, because everybody is talking about it. Everybody is saying, OK, it's important, but nothing really happens. You know, we talk about this, um, not me personally, but uh, in the Czech politics, about 20 years maybe, and nothing really happens. But we decided with my colleagues at the ministry, let's let's do it now, because now it's the perfect possibility. We, we already be prepared. Let's see if the pandemic situation allows this plan. So, you know, switch off the Kurzarbeit uh, scheme at the end of May. And then let's see what is going to happen and uh, use uh, all these measures, which are also supported by European money. We hope it it works in the Czech Republic and we can benefit from this because you probably know that especially Prague is uh, fully uh, dependent from tourism. You know, many people actually are going to lose their jobs forever. Yeah, tourism is the perfect example. And these people, they are very often well-skilled 
they're um, active on the labor market, so it could work uh, for them, you know, in terms uh, with the with the qualifications. Having mentioned qualifications, I think this connects well with uh, the new development at the European level, which uh, might also be surprising for some, that the European Commission newly proposed, uh, again, long-term targets. And one of the headline targets which they proposed is about lifelong learning. And this has been, in the last 20 years, um, I would say a centerpiece of the European employment strategy, but now there is this proposal to reach at least 60% of the active workforce to participate in lifelong learning. Uh, What do you think about uh, the new targets and specifically this one on on lifelong learning? Do you think it can succeed or do you consider this um, uh, central for your own strategy? in the Czech Republic? The answer would be yes, I would love to have it. It's difficult in the Czech Republic. We start from scratch, but I lived uh, you know, uh, for a very long time in Germany and uh, used and uh, loved a German uh, VHS system, which is not exactly uh, the scheme for a lifelong uh, learning, but it's something which makes the Germans willing to uh, do something more than it is um, actually asked by the by the labor market. And we agreed with my colleagues at the ministry that uh, we would like to build, you know, similar infrastructure led by the labor offices, because uh, it's a structure, let's say, in every Czech region uh, going very deep. You know, uh, we have 80 uh, labor offices in the whole country, which is great. And we would like to have uh, two main schemes uh, for lifelong learning. You know, the acute, you know, you lose your job and you uh, need immediately the support of the labor offices, uh, you know, diagnosis and then uh, support uh, how to change your qualification in order to uh, find a new job, a sustainable job. And uh, then uh, the second scheme should be uh, you're not in crisis. You do have a job, but uh, you would like to always continuously improve your qualification as a human. And I think that the state should be interested also in the in the second scheme and should motivate people which are willing and able to learn all their lives. So we at the beginning, as I as I mentioned many times, but uh, that's the idea, that's the vision. You know, two basic schemes. Uh, we we do start right now in these months, or we decided to have it in uh, November last year, and uh, I hope that uh, we can do as um, much we can till the elections, and then uh, I hope that my successor probably is uh, going to continue uh, with this effort because I think that's 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 really vital and. Uh, um, extremely important uh, thing for the Czech employees, you know, to have uh, such a such an infrastructure funded by the state. Uh, thank you so much for um, sharing um, this experience with us and with our listeners. I think um, a very important conclusion from our conversation is that uh, while um, in Central Europe we always speak about convergence. There are quite many issues also where the rest of Europe can look at our results and experience. You mentioned one of the lowest unemployment, maybe the lowest unemployment rate in Europe. Czech Republic also, in my view, has been recorded as the country with very low poverty and social exclusion rates. And you have a great aspiration for developing lifelong learning capacities and um, improve the record um, in this um, regard. 
Would you would you have any kind of concluding uh, message to social democrats uh, on the eve of the Porto summit uh, to take something uh, specifically into account from your experience and achievements? Well, the conclusion would be, uh, of course, let's have uh, interesting discussions in Porto. But I think uh, the vital thing for social democrats is that uh, we have to make social policy and I'm sorry, but I really believe in it, um, you know, the topic number one uh, in the European integration process, because that's, you know, something concrete. And then people clearly see uh, what are the benefits of the European integration. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then we are strong also as a social democrats in Europe. That that would be my idea. That's a very, very clear message. Thank you so much, uh, Minister Malachova, for uh, this conversation. It has been a pleasure uh, to meet you today and um, on behalf of FEPS we wish you all the best for Porto but also for the next stage. Thank you again and to our listeners I say goodbye. Please uh, follow FEPS talks also in the coming weeks with very interesting episodes on social policy in Europe but also on many other uh, topics. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you very much Mr. Andrew. Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.